and Kewin. Welcome everybody to the Dick and Ham Show, episode number eight. We've got the dream team of Sam and Andrew. Mm-hmm. Dick and Ham Show this week is brought to you by Snake Gun for Apple and Android and Skinny Pete's Caravan Cleaning Company. If you've done something terrible in your caravan or houseboat, Skinny Pete will come and fix it. No questions. No questions. He'll just come and fix that shit. Several Sydney locations. We don't know uh, We don't know if they're covering Melbourne or not, but it's a, it's a Sydney-based business. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not covering Melbourne anymore because of the outbreak. I think they're involved in some of the cleaning, perhaps, of, of some of the hotels. But we'll get into that on another pod. I think that's <laughs> a, the sister pod. Yeah. I like how this branch pod's being discussed now, given that the master one like is, is hardly a runaway success and people are trying to splinter it into NFL style pods. This thing's got legs. It's a podcast network. Yeah. Got to let the market speak, Dave. This thing's got real yeah. legs. Real I think legs. It has Look, spoken. As you know, I um I drive all the rev around here, you know, and that's how you guys get your comp. That's what we say. We call it comp now. Comp. And uh, uh, look, we needed to expand out to a network um, to really appeal to our broader base. You know what I mean? So at the moment, it's basically just David Valley. I've got to say that again so you can bleep it. David Valley. But um, we need to go wider than that. You know what I mean? His excitement yeah. level is really tangible. He uh, he rang yeah. the ranch yep. to talk about it and he wrote me a message saying he started <laughs> crying with laughter on the tram in in downtown Kowloon. <laughs> I don't know what he's laughing at to, to the point of crying because we're not that funny. But, Plus, they don't have trams, so who knows what he'd been drinking. Yeah, no, bless him. Bless him. <clears throat> Was it so, Sam? You listened to the episode without you guys on it. Was it was it like being Pete Best? Did it feel like the rest of the Beatles had moved on and and you were just sitting there and weren't part of it anymore? Yeah, that all while the guy got off the Titanic just before the stop before the iceberg, um, both both at the same time. Um, yeah, it was emotional listening to it without being on it. And there are a couple of times I just wanted to like jump in and you know call Boots out for being a knob, but um, <laughs> you know that's podcasting. It's an emotional roller coaster. You know that. Question to you as the Beatles historian, uh, Pete Best, obviously the, the, the early drummer who was unceremoniously booted once they realised he was not very good. Did Pete Best ever receive any royalties from any Beatles music? I know the answer, but I want to know if you know the answer. I don't know the answer. My guess would be uh, no, because as far as I know, he's not credited on any of the tracks as one of the writers, but you may tell me that's wrong. Uh, you're, you're right, but then it's subsequently... He, they sort of gave him even upper royalties. So basically, he wasn't credited on square any of them. Up. You're correct. Yeah, he got the square up. They released an anthology album which had like four tracks that he played uh, yes. on. And so, just as a almost like a historical curiosity, I, I guess it wasn't particularly good. And then he wasn't really due much royalties for that because it wasn't a writing credit. He got there's some weird word for it. Like he was like a mechanical part of the song. Like he was paid like like someone who was in it. They they gave him like 5 million pounds, which was wildly in excess of what he was technically owed, but it was just like a square up of 5 million pounds. Just like, Oh yeah. Couple of songs. Here you go. Here's your, here's your money. He's like, what if you throw me 0.0008 of a percent of the royalties since I left the band? And they're like, nah, not going to happen. (laughs) They're like, no. We're about to resurface the tennis courts. Sorry, although we yeah. haven't played tennis ever. So yeah. my, my collection of ivory back scratches aren't going to pay for themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> there was a yeah, my, my Superman comics. There was uh, our, our guy Chris Bacon, who who's a big fan of the pod. He he found an article on that comic book that you saw in Nick Cage's house. I'm nervous. I'm nervous about that because I, I had a few disclaimers around whether or not that comic was the one I said or whether it was just our first edition comic. So 
I'm nervous to be quoted on that in case someone tells me that Nick Cage does not own the Superman one. It's actually owned by like the Sultan of Brunei or something. It was an early comic. Yeah. No, it, it checks out. It may not have been the exact one. But you, weren't, you weren't being held to the standard of Superman, but the, uh, the, there's an interesting story behind that, that comic. Sultan of Brunei, did anybody, speaking of just the general state of insanity, particularly on the internet, particularly on social media, does it, by the way, there's a new phenomenon on social media called doom scrolling which is if you follow a bunch of people who've got like a realistic but negative view of the world and you're just scrolling through to, to read about the impending doom of the world that sends you into a spiral. Yeah. Been doom scrolling, you can't do it for too long. It's, it's bad for you. Nah, bad news. I've got a couple that really I almost shouldn't, shouldn't, uh, shouldn't follow. It starts off with like looking at pandemic stuff and then you get into that and then it like expands out. And by the end of the thing, you're into like climate change and like China's going to be at war in, with India in two minutes and then that's going to lead to the blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, it doesn't go anywhere good, really. No, no, it doesn't. Well, it starts with you should follow this person. They know what they're talking about. So like there's a woman called Sarah Kinsey or who's an expert on authoritarian regimes and has basically picked every single thing that was going to happen, you know, a year or so out. So you follow them. They know what they're doing, but it doesn't paint a picture that you, that makes you. You want no, you're just like, I wish it wasn't this. I really, uh, I really wish the world yeah. wasn't, wasn't this. And I wish you weren't right all the time. But uh, she is. It just doesn't, doesn't make you feel good. It's a good, I mean, I wish there was still room for pranks in the world. I kind of feel like there isn't, it's not a great time for pranking. Mm. Oh, you say that, but it's, uh, it's almost the perfect time for pranking as well. You've got to jazz people up. got to uh, liven up the party a bit, David. Day, uh, Andrew, do you remember that bit you and I did at the airport where, you would go to reach for something and I'd scream out, he's got a gun. <laughs> Times have changed now. Like no one would find that funny now, but three years ago, it was awesome. <laughs> three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was fine. It was totally fine. <laughs> it was a laugh. People could laugh back then. Now it's oh, just all yeah. this cancel culture nonsense. Yeah. I mean, on a serious note though, Sam, do you remember when you and I as 21 year old adult males got led into the cockpit of an air Austria flight just because we wanted to see the pilots at work? As 21, yeah, two 21-year-olds just said, hey, do us a favor and let us see the cockpit like a you know, two-year-old kid would usually be shown. Like, sure, don't see any problem with that. That was in 1991. So that's obviously uh, 1999, pre-9-11. Pre, uh, but it's, it's yeah. unthinkable that you would do that. Yeah, well, I actually remember this funny. For some reason, I have a memory of as we walked up to the cockpit, and by the way, no one over the age of eight had ever asked if they could come into the cockpit. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. Right? So that's okay. And so as we walked up to the cockpit, my memory was the door was just open anyway. So asking, yep. ask, asking the stewardess was kind of a courtesy. We could have just stuck our head in and be like, hey, Lars, do you mind if we have a look at the dials? Yeah. Times have changed in that regard. Yeah, wow. And you also filmed it with, with a giant uh, analog eight millimeter video camera. You filmed that cockpit as well. Oh, did I? I forgot that. So this week, it's the three of us. Last week, Boots actually referred to himself and Ranch as the A-team, just so you know. I cut it because I thought it was unfair, but he did say that. Ooh. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, I guess the debate needs to be settled by the fans, of which, which on-air lineup is, is the superior one. I mean, they'll... Um... They'll vote with their feet like they always do. You know that. Yeah, mm. yeah no, that's, that's true. That's what they will. They will. Uh, I thought originally we started this and, and one of the ideas was to talk about parenting and we've spent a, approximately seven minutes on the subject of children and parenting in the seven episodes we've done so far. But I wanted to start this week with a toy review. Are you, are you willing to listen to a toy review? Yep. So 
I am a big fan of Lego and Duplo. You know, I think most people have kids. It's unavoidable. You will be playing with Lego at some point. I happen to like it. And I'm especially a fan of how Lego sort of changed their business about 10 years ago and started to do collaborations and branded thematic Lego sets based on Ghostbusters or Stranger Things or God knows what, in addition to the traditional Lego. It was a really great decision. It just makes it more exciting. They've leaned into it too. They have. And it's, uh, you know, worked out pretty well for them. But the the next, Mm. next, next level was the deal that they did with Nintendo. And have you guys heard about Lego Mario? Mm, I don't think I have. I don't think so. So Lego Mario is, I mean, it's one thing to just license the, the intellectual property and to have a little Lego dude who looks like Mario, but they've done something different. What they've done is there's a, a Lego Mario who's really like eight times the size of a Lego person. He's, he's like, if you remember like a Duplo person, he's like twice the size of that. He's, he's quite big. And you build a little world for him to navigate around with little, little, what are those guys called? Like Goombas and, you know, little baby Bowsers and stuff. But... Goomba. Are we talking about the Sopranos again? <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to need to write in and tell us what You mean those... a Koopa, like a Koopa. You mean, you're talking about like the, the, yeah. the other characters in Super Mario? What are like the, the enemies called? Princess? No, like, no, I meant the little, the brown enemy that you just jump on his head. One of those guys. Jeez. We're getting racial again. They might, they might be called Goombas. <laughs> the, br- I think... the brown I've never enemy. noticed. I've never noticed their color, Dave. I don't really look at no, the they just look like, I just call them enemies. Right? Yeah, they're just people to me, you know? Fuck you guys. Uh... But anyway, so so he's the right size to jump on enemies, which is fine. But the, the Mario character has like some type of sensor inside of him and two AAA batteries. So he can sense what he's standing on. And he also has a screen on him. There's a screen on his stomach and his face. So his face has expressions that are actual like animations. And his stomach will show you what he's jumping on or standing on. So if you jump him onto like a red piece of Lego, he starts screaming and he's like, there's this like animation of fire because he's standing on lava. And if you jump on like Bowser, you start to get coins. Like you can jump on a little yellow brick with a question mark on it. And it starts doing the like power up selection thing. And at the end, there's like a flag and you jump on that and it does the full end of level, like do, 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 like the whole, so you can build Lego levels, but have like a semi-smart kind of giant Mario that the kid just navigates through it, but he's actually kind of playing the level that you made out of Lego. It's excellent. Absolutely. Right. Like they, they obviously sting you up front for the Mario, but then the other pieces don't cost that much. Very, very good. Highly recommend it. It gets a five Lego bricks out of five score from me, Andrew. That does sound good. That sounds pretty good. How, I'd love to, given that, given that at the airport, a box of Lego the size of a packet of cigarettes costs $79. I'd love to know what that costs. Yeah, that's right. I really, I really would like to get the Harry Potter character in Lego at the size of a normal Lego man is $15. So yeah. Yeah. That's why you need to make your own Sam. Just make Barry Potter just with a texture and a couple of other bits. <laughs> Gary Potter Lego <laughs> made out of wood and dreams. Gary is <laughs> made out of spirit. And old Lego. <laughs> yeah. I got off the street. Just a just a peg with a drawn-on broomstick or something. No, never. But you, you have an amazing amount of terminology that that uh, comes to you. It's it's your gift, Andrew. You just have it. 
you have terminology that uh, that is humorous and unique and dirty, and it's just in there. You've got to pay, yeah, you've got to pay the bill somehow, you know. <laughs> Dave, just have your finger on the beeping button here. You got chilled. You got uh, <laughs> You got. Uh... Well, the the um the came up. <laughs> came out. Yeah, it's a family show. You have to pay for usage on the beeping noise that you've already got. They're like, look, you've used yeah. it six thousand times. It's too much. Yeah, it'll be, yeah. it'll be the Dick the Dickenham beep. It'll be become like the Wilhelm scream. It'll just be uh, ubiquitous. I'm not on the uh, I'm not on the free plan anymore. The free plan only gives you hundred beeps. Dave, this is a soft softball for Andrew, but Andrew is actually a, a victim of one of the one of the better uh, times high school efforts uh, in a class once in terms of an elaborate staging um, of a bullying incident that you've yeah. got to describe that, Andrew? It was, it was the, yeah, it was the Monday equivalent of someone diving, diving for a free kick in the goal square, pretty much. You've got to do the action. You've got to do the action, Andrew, as well. Right? I have no idea. Well, I can't do the off. action because it's, it's unfair to the audience to do the action because you need to see the look on my, the top style look on on the on a man's face yeah. that you need to produce but he went he um he staged an elaborate scheme whereby he would write some nasty stuff on a post-it note stick it on his own back and then walk incredibly conspicuously past a teacher <laughs> as as if he was just you know going to chat to a classmate making sure that his back was basically in the teacher's eyeballs um, so the teacher could do nothing, but and then he go, what, 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 what is, what's on, oh, something on my, oh, sir, something on my back, what, what is it? And then it just said, Tom is a cocksucker or something simple like that. And he'd be like, who did this? He goes, well, I don't know, Andrew just patted me on the back. Probably Andrew. <laughs> Wait a second. It's hardly DNA evidence. Can we have a fucking trial by a jury of my peers here? And and I got I got pinged for it. I got detention, and did the same thing. Tried to pull the same gag, but he was caught. And then he pleaded ignorance or, or you know duress, and, and claimed that his parents were potentially going through a divorce, and got out of the detention. And his parents were as happy as Larry, married and still together today. Nonsense. Put on the water. Put on the waterworks. That is an elaborate stitch up. Uh, but effective yeah. like the fact that it worked is, is an amazing yeah. uh, chaser on that story i uh, i thought the story you're going to tell about andrew would be, was the classic uh school athletics water bomb story where i don't uh, even know if you remember this andrew but this, but this is one of my first uh, strong memories of you remember, david was yeah, yeah. andrew i'll paint a hard, picture hard to forget school athletics how many how many different schools go to that probably eight eight different schools go to cheer on for their athletes for a day's worth of athletic competition. There's a lot of good world banter. Occasionally it spills over and gets a bit ugly, but generally just, you know, school spirit chanting, rah, rah, rah. A little bit of the hijinks on the side sometimes used to involve chucking things at each other. And the Andrew story is that some kid, so f- first of all, Andrew's, Andrew's moping because he's been involved in a breakup that day. I remember this clearly. He's, he's got women troubles and he's, he's unhappy. He's doing the sort of the 90s, you know, brooding Generation X guy who's, who's had his heart listening broken. Listening to Oceans again and again and again. Yeah, just listening, <laughs> just listening to a lot of Pearl Jam on yeah. loop. Standing there. A kid from our school decides the right thing, it's the right moment to throw a water bomb upwards at a, at a rival school that's sitting up in the grandstand. And he, he, he is a blonde kid. I don't know who the hell it was, but it was a pretty decent throw. 
and he's really heaved it up at these kids and I'll never forget what happened. The kid from the other school sees it coming in and I've never seen this happen before or since sticks his hand out to intercept the water bomb and somehow it doesn't break. It wraps around his finger like two or three times and it just like magically doesn't break and ends up in his hand. And without missing a beat, he just pounds it straight back in and it hits Andrew in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of good memories. Yeah, yeah. It's gone from this random kid trying to, you know, inflict some damage on the other school to something remarkable happening and Andrew getting hit in the face while he's already at his at his lowest point. You remember remember that, Andrew? I do, Dave. I remember it. Yeah, from when it happened, but I mostly remember it because you've <laughs> retold that story 115 times. But yeah, thank you. Thank you for reminding me. Breakups are always hard and you don't need water balloons and water bombs to um, to pile on. Make certainly. it worse. Have you guys tried that, that self-tying water bomb system yet where you just have a single tap attachment and it feels like 100 at once and then kind yes. of just off? Is it good? Yes. Oh, it's incredible. It's game changing. Incredible. It's 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 one of the most genius things I've ever seen. Uh, and come it, it out ties of them shop. off as well. It's, yes, no, instantly. They're, they're, they're like they're pr- like pre-tied, but then there's oh. there's yeah, it's hard to explain. They're, they're effectively pre-tied, and there's like a um, a straw in in each of them. So it, it's ah. like a um, a tap fitting with like fifty yep. straws tiny little straws off it and then the water balloons are on the end of the straws but like pre-clipped and then as soon as they get full enough they like fall off like an apple falling off a tree and you these fall in you can put a bucket underneath it so they're the perfect size perfect weight pre-tied everything it takes literally seven seconds okay. to fill 50 balloons it can't be a tying thing it must be like a circular seal or something is it that's yeah, it's like a just... rubber band it's right, like a little right. rubber band yeah, yeah. so and just, it just once, the straws... once, once it pops off it just tightens yeah it's that's um, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, well, there's two two toy reviews in one pod. I think that's a that's a new record. Certain things in life is not worth trying to guess. And I, I made a mistake. We were lining up to get into a like a, a basically a zoo, and we met this nice family who happened to live near us. And so they got these two kids, these boys, nice kids. And I made the massive mistake of trying to guess how old they were. And th- there's so many wrong answers to that. So basically what's happened is the first kid, I don't know. I think the dad answered for him. And the second kid was like, how old are you, buddy? He was like seven. He's like, I'm 11. And I'm a girl. He was a small kid. And I've embarrassed him by saying he looks like a seven year old when he is in fact four years older than that. And not far off being a teenager. Couldn't you just say, and how old are you chum? Like why did you have to throw in a number? It's insanity. You're right. I should have done that. I should have done that. I'll frequently be to someone and say, how, how, how's, little, uh, how's Johnny going? You ready for school next year? And they'll be like, he's one. <laughs> and, I've got small, and I've got small kids, so I should know better. But I, I can't tell within several years uh, what anyone's doing. No, Do you have problems no. remembering other kids that you should remember? Like friends or kids from school and, and your yeah. partner will be like, oh, yeah, they're, they're going to play with, uh, you know, with Jerry. And like, who the fuck's Jerry? It's like, you know, that kid yeah, who yeah, you've met course. 50 times. Are there any yep. kids called Jerry now, Dave? Nah, it's almost <laughs> ironic. Nah, it's almost, it's almost, it's almost retro, retro ironic, like um, Carl or one of those sort of like 70s names that predate <laughs> us being kids. You know, like our names are really out of vogue now. Because of us. 
Whereas like yeah. the sort of the, the like a seventies cop movie, what the cops would be called. Those names are like almost back. You know, yeah, I can't think of any example. Lenny, you know, that sort of stuff. So yeah. really any name from a Simpsons character is what you're saying. Apu, is it, is he a normal like, name that you would associate? Yeah. I must Carl, and Carl and Lenny are two that just came up, literally just came up. Yeah, that's true, actually. They are 70s names, though. So one of the high points last week of the pod, um, other other than, than, than full access to, to Ranch and Boots um, for, for that long on, on a solo effort, was the work of our friend David Vardy, who was very, very enthusiastic with his feedback and his questions. He's followed it up with, uh, with some more. <laughs> and I think it, it touches on a, I, I think it touches on a great area for us. We talked a lot about soft drinks. Did, did either of you want to weigh into the soft drink debate before we move on about mellow yellow What's, versus lift versus oh creamy soda versus creaming soda? Any viewpoints on that? I got, um, I got two things. I just had creamy soda last week because uh, the kids requested it for Ella's birthday. So I don't know much about it beyond that. The stuff we had was, um, was like the pink one, whichever one that was. I've got, I've got a theory that, um, or red one, I've got a theory that um, Mellow Yellow, I meant to bring, raise this with you, was not lemon flavour. I've got a theory that Mellow, Mellow Yellow was like tropical flavour. It could have been like pineapple, you mean? Yeah, I could be wrong on that. I really could because I didn't need drink lots of it, but I absolutely remember it from back in the day. I think there was um, another pineapple one. I think there was a pineapple drink that was like passiona style dedicated to yeah. pineapple and it was called something no, else. It, it, it does say citrus flavored drink. So I guess that means it probably was lemon. So I probably just got that wrong, but um, I, I think there was I a do pineapple remember liking too. it. I remember liking it. Are we just going to accept at face value Boots' claim that quote unquote, America doesn't have a yellow drink. Well, I was well, thinking about that after listening to us. What, what color is Mountain Dew? Yellow. All right. Okay. So that answers that. I do that in America. If you asked for, if you wanted what we would call, if you went to a restaurant and said, could I have lemonade? They would bring you a, a like lemon flavored, like lemonade stand lemonade with flat water and lemon that would be like quite artisanal and really like sour in that. And if yeah. you want what we would call a lemonade, you would say, I want a seven up or I want a lemon squash. And they bring you like a, a soft drink. That's a lemonade as we know it. Correct. And Boots is claiming there yeah. is no, well, Boots has claimed there's no yellow drink. Look, I respect Boots as an authority, but I think Mountain Dew's clearly yellow. Maybe he was saying there's no yellow uh, flavor. Like there's no there's no lemon flavored thing that specifically has the citrus flavor because lemonade sort of isn't, and Sprite sort of isn't either. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's it's a topic that needs more more examination. Well, the, the mailbag's going to be full to the brim this week if we you know if we start splitting hairs on on the color of specific soft drink varietals in the it US. Is. Yeah, yeah, but I th- I thought in the in the uh, in the spirit of, of the man who posted this question to us, who was a known man about town, that we should do the adult beverage version of that discussion of vintage drinks. Do you guys have you guys have memories of which types of specialized alcoholic beverages were available back when we started to go out for the first time the illusion shaker first came off the rain <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, the illusion yeah the illusion shaker was a big one in the um the illusion shaker or the maduri shaker in the um in the sparkly silver 
shaker bottle that, that, that yep. was marketed at the time. Uh, I remember fondly, you know, from really before we were of proper drinking age, um, Sub Zero, that, that you know, sort oh, of yes. lolly, lolly yes. lemonade. Soda water drink. sort of thing, yeah. That was clear, yeah. right? It was basically like lemonade with a yeah. black label on it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Clear bottle, black label. How alcoholic was that? I guess it was the equivalent of a, like a... Probably reasonably. Not a good thing to be drinking when you're 15. Enough to make me pretty sick a couple of times. I promise <laughs> you that. That and the, um, also around that time, they brought out those Carlton Colds, which were yeah. just a not aggressive tasting beer. You So you could slam it down fast, as the solo man says. Certainly easier to get down uh, than VB at the time for a, uh, a non-seasoned uh, beer lover. So that was a big one. And then um, uh, the Lemon Ruskies. Remember those? The, the Lemon the Rusky. Oh. Yes. I mean, how long do you want me to go? I could go on these all day. <laughs> no, no I, I was thinking about another one called, uh, it was another lemon one called like Two Dogs or something. Was it called? It was like yeah, two, lemon, dogs two Dogs Lemonade. lemonade. Yep. Yeah, that was the yep. one I thought of. But the Rusky was like a metal bottle, right? Uh, oh, what? I think they started as glass, but it was like a, um, it, it was a yellowy, you know, whitish looking um, drink. It was, um, yeah, it was deadly. Those things were fucking deadly. That's gross. Dave, um, did you come to Prodigy at Metro that day, the now defunct Metro? Yes, I did. That? Yeah. Um, and we got the t-shirts afterwards. I got in and I was underage and Rian got in and she was like more underage. But um, yeah, we got those fake t-shirts. Yeah, but I remember that night wandering around at, at Prodigy drinking fruit tingles. Okay. Oh, yes, the fruit tingle. Yes. Was that in a in a ready to drink bottle, or someone had mixed that up for you? Nah, this was it was a mixer. It was a mixer, and the man you make your tongue go like blue afterwards. What was in the fruit tingle? It was like blue and red. It was like it? honestly, I, I honestly I have no idea. It was super sweet, shock horror. It was probably like vodka with just like possibly just almost like a mixer like soda water or something or lemonade and then just like red and blue like kind of cordial or something. I don't know. No, no, probably no, no. Blue, blue was probably no, no, blue curacao. Blue, yeah, it was actually blue curacao. Yeah. yeah. Necessarily grog. It wasn't a high-end beverage, let's say that. I think the red was not alcoholic. Yeah, it was raspberry. You got you got vodka, blue curacao, uh, raspberry, a little bit of raspberry cordial and then top it up with uh, lemonade. Do you use Google Metro drinks or something, Andrew? <laughs> so the difference between the fruit tingle and the traffic light was what? Because there was a drink called a traffic light <laughs> that had that had layers. Do you remember that? They'd put it on spoons and yeah. kind of layer it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, terrible. Because it was similar to the, um, you know, trying to, you know, you get to toss the boss or something, and you know, you, you win a free round, and then make the poor bartender make ten fucking, <laughs> um, what do you call it? jam fancies or whatever those fucking shots are called <laughs> you take 20 minutes each and everyone in the line behind is like, we, just want fucking, we just want a beer mate like, what are you doing to us um what do they call it Not a, like a jam donut is that one of them? yeah yeah that's that a jam fancy i don't know what the fuck that is but i don't think it was oh a that's drink. a type of um that's a, a sweet uh shortbread biscuit uh with jam i thought it was a sexual position <laughs> oh, it could be, it could easily be that as well. No, I, I think the traffic light was was the drink that people talked about, but didn't actually order that often because it, it sort of looked better than it tasted. The, the fruit tingle I remember very clearly was was something that you you would drink if you weren't that into beer or if you wanted to kind of look cool, I guess. But the Maduri shaker was like the evolution of the the species. Like 
you had your introductory drinks, which are in that absolute gray area of basically marketing towards 16 year old kids, but not really marketing towards 16 year old kids. And I, I feel like the Maduri Shaker was the progression of that when you've kind of come out the other side and you, you're sort of 19, 20 and you think you're, you're pretty sophisticated. It's the sort of thing you would have once you made it to Redheads. Like you weren't at the local nightclub anymore. You're somewhere in South Melbourne. Um, you know, you've, you've made it. Graduated. Yeah. I was drinking Cristal by then, so I don't really know. <laughs> well, funnily enough, Jay, um, my friend JT and I, we made up a cocktail uh, one evening. Uh, we called it the Jenga, and it was Maduri and milk with a dash of raspberry lemonade and a squeeze of lemon. But you had to drink it quick so the lemon didn't make the milk curdle. And what we would do is we would just go to bars and order it. it no one had ever heard of it, obviously, because it's nonsense and made up. But we just walk in and order it like it was supposed to be on the menu. <laughs> and they'd be like, "What the hell is that?" And then we'd have to describe it, and then we'd drink one. And we just kept doing that everywhere we went. So having not spent a lot of time in bars or pubs over the last few years, there may be now uh, a drink on the menu <laughs> that we made up. It was the worst flavored thing we could have possibly thought of at the time. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love a drink that comes with instructions. Like you have to do a certain thing with it or it's terrible. I, uh, I had a boss once who we went through a corporate issue where there was like a, basically he had a real difference of opinion with another office and they went through, they were being played off against each other. And one of one of the groups was going to get this project and one of the walls. And then it got, we were in uh, Finland of all places. And he, he sort of got a little bit ornery and, and we ended up leaving. So that didn't become a thing. But what he said to me is like, you know what I should have done with that guy? You know what I should have said? Tomorrow when we go out, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to make him do a tough guy tequila shot. I'm going to do one and then get him to do one. And I was like, what the hell is a tough guy tequila shot? I have no idea what that is. It's a tough guy tequila slam. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, you know, a regular tequila slam. I'm like, yeah, I think so. And do the salt and then the drink and then the lemon. Where I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like that. It's like, but it's, but it's different. It's like, it's the same ingredients. What you do is you, you snort the salt <laughs> Then you drink the tequila and then you put the lemon in your eye. Yep. Yep. The classic move. We call it down under, we call it the tequila stuntman or the uh, tequila suicide. Uh, a couple of <laughs> variants on the name. I have not done it. You haven't done it? Uh, yeah, I've, I've done a few of those in my time. Goes down, goes down nice. Hey, yeah, that's probably the, probably the dumbest thing I've ever heard, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, glad you've done it a few times, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit i'll tell you what became popular in terms of drinks actually for a while in the probably the 2000s so say between 03 and, and maybe 2010 was the um the jaeger bomb mm. jaeger made a massive yes. push and those things went uh went wild they were just everyone was doing them all the time didn't they was there a period where people were doing that in a jug or was it always like a pot glass? it was always like a pint glass wasn't it it was a pint glass um yeah, there was. I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, it was a it was a it was a tumble full of Red Bull, and then you have the shot of Jaeger, and then you drop it in, and then go. So it's you know it ends up mostly Red Bull. Uh, then, can I say that um, Jaeger as a substance, when drunk outside of Red Bull, is possibly just one of the most undrinkable things I've ever smelt or tasted. Like as just a spirit by itself. You're like, how did someone come up with this? Lawson and I actually at the now defunct Continental Hotel in Sorrento at maybe maybe Bucks Day, we're like, let's do one of those um, Jaeger bombs because that's what all the kids are doing, you know. And so we both got one and, and 
went to drink it to drop the the shot of Jaeger into the pot the pint glass of Red Bull and then went to drink it but both being novices even though we we're trying to act like we weren't tipped the glass <laughs> up and we're like the the shot's not coming out all I can taste is Red Bull so we then went we overcorrected and tipped the pot glass up too much and for both of us the shot slid out and sprayed us in the eyes with Jaeger with Jaeger and just dripped off our face sticky it was st- ah, birds yeah, it was just one of the least cool things that anyone has ever done uh, I did something less cool remember that really cool bar we got into in London all I remember is dollar signs and firstly we, we made it we made a, a falls out of ourselves by by being cheapskates it was it was London prices and the the dollar was buying like 35 pence or something at the time. It's like so it $19 was, a drink or something. So it's happy hour. So we just had no choice but to buy 32 drinks and to fill up the table so that you couldn't even see what color the table was. There were so many glasses on it. And it was a cool bar. No one else would dream of doing something like that, but we did. There was some sort of drink there that we were doing that you had to drink quickly, either because it was on fire or <laughs> something, right? And I, <laughs> I, I, I sort of opted in for doing it, even though it wasn't, really skilled at that type of thing so i was just like did what i could but i basically tipped a lot of it onto myself it wasn't on fire at this point i've just i've just basically just drenched myself with this drink yes like, oh, what i'm gonna do so the so then i've i've stumbled sort of away from the bar and gotten got, got done the old thing where you've done your t-shirt under the under the hand drying blower the fan and then look around and i'm, I'm just in the women's toilets not the men's <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, yes, that was good. The the other one. I mean, there's plenty more in terms of drinks on the list, but the other one that did a lot of uh, our our good friends in over the years at the Portsea Pub was a little friend of ours called the Liquid Cocaine, okay. which is a um, a pint glass, two shots of vodka, a uh, can of Red Bull, and then topped up with champagne. And it'll really knock a man's socks around <laughs> if you get stuck into those of an evening. Yeah, Possibly more than the actual cocaine. Yeah, wow, potentially. Mm. Yeah, I'll bet. So anyway, is that, back is that all the Andrew, big vowels? Uh, uh, there's uh, one more that we'll go to in just a second. There was um, no, the, the additional pieces that our friends uh, had were similar to the, the piece about favorite drinks. What was your favorite bar, pub, or nightclub during your, you know, during your late teens, university years, and why? Any anywhere where one of our mates had a significant, you know, depth of drink card value uh, available for us, so we could just scum scum off them. There were, I mean, local options. I, I feel like there's two categories: things that were local and convenient, and then if you really sort of had the uh, the energy and the money, then you would go somewhere further away that was probably better. So I would say that local things, like obviously everyone went to the Skinny Dog Hotel, which was which was very good for what it was, but then. I would say my favourites downstairs at Silver's nightclub was excellent. Yeah, that that laser. Yeah, the green laser. Yeah. And then I also was very, very partial to redheads, um, especially if there was a theme like a foam party or something. You know, if there was like a theme going on, redheads was the best because maybe because of the size, because you could have so much going on in there at once, and it just seemed to have the right number of people, and it always had good music. Yeah, it was a bit more dynamic. Yeah, yeah that true. was mine. Sam, Sam, what were your favourites? I reckon they were pretty standard in terms of like, from memory, it used to be like Thursday night was, Tuesday night was Toss the Boss, Thursday night was um, the same venue, what was it called? It was called Atlantis. Like, uh, oh, Atlantis. Atlantis. Yeah. 
Friday night G, uh, no, so or Thursday night Silvers as well. Friday night G spot, and then Saturday night you'd go back there for something else that 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 the cheers sort of like G spot place. But I actually I didn't go there many times, but a couple of the best nights I ever had were at um, Cuba. Uh, not, yes. not as in Cuba Gooding Jr. or Cuba off the coast of Florida, as in Cuba. That was really good. Like it was just, it might have been good just because of the novelty factor because no one really went there and it wasn't really familiar and it was just a different crowd. But I had a huge night there with like the ranch once and someone. Remind me of where Cuba was. I'm drawing a blank. It was, it. it's basically under the, the fun factory, which is gone, in case you don't know that, by the way, Dave. Johnny next to Johnny Rockets. Yeah. Yeah, Turek Road and Chapel Street. Yep, got it. Yep. Me and Ranch and maybe Dawn, I remember, went there one night and literally, I remember us going to have breakfast at on Chapel Street the next morning, like straight from there and stuff. Like, um, we just had some huge nights there that were great. What was the one in South Melbourne that was down like Dorcas Street? Oh, the the um the motel. Is that motel? No, no, I'm thinking Opposite of another South one. South Melbourne Market. Yeah, no, that was motel. No, I was thinking of one. No, it's it's escaped me. It wasn't oh, motel. I know it. Not not the one in Albert Park. Not Carousel. Rob's Carousel. No, I, uh, it, it was a restaurant called Rob's Carousel when I was a kid and it used to have colorful fountains coming off the roof. And I used to hypothesize that different colored men taking a piss off the roof into the, into the water. I think that may have happened to the actual carousel a few times. <laughs> a couple of times. Now, now I, uh, now pretty up the wedding venue. Is it really? Well, um, it was probably defunct now, but yeah. Yeah, yeah wedding demand. Christ, tough, tough. Uh, in Turkey, they're wedding wedding inspectors now to make sure you don't have too many people there. True story. That's a good idea. Uh, Mr. Vardy, his favorite place, he said, uh, Thursday night at Silver's, always my favorite. We should assume that he was upstairs, not downstairs. Great 70s, yeah, 80s, probably. 90s music. That's upstairs. Plenty of quality zone one talent. Uh, lots of drink specials. He liked one called Retro Club on Lonsdale Street. Yeah, retro. Yeah, I've heard stores. of that. Music at dance stores, epic. I used to randomly wear powder blue seventies suits. Uh, does sound yeah. like him. It does, doesn't it? Retro club didn't go to retro club. They basically play the the Top Gun soundtrack on repeat. There, it was a, a very specific crowd, and it fits into his hitting zone perfectly. Uh, I see. It was a bit like that. Where was that place at Hospitality Nights on Monday, and you had to show them that Bobby you McGee's. Yeah, Bobby McGee. Bobby Mc- and yeah, and you had to wear a button-up shirt and leather shoes to get in. I know. Yeah, then, then you'd shoot free throw, free throws for drinks. Remember that? I don't remember that. They'd they'd, they'd wheel out a um, a basketball hoop onto the dance floor, and you just you shoot uh, you know shots around the horse uh, <laughs> for, 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 for fucking drinks. Um, back to back to Redhead, which which is um, commonly referred to as you know our version of Studio Fifty Four uh, for our heyday of going out. Uh, famously, and and it's be- yeah 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 yeah. Um, it was it's the it was the apex of of a lot of things, but it was. Um, famously, and uh, you know not to shit on a man that we shot on a couple of weeks ago, Cameron, I believe that his cousin who works for the Victorian like parks department had something to do with shutting it down because it was a fire hazard. So he was part of the team that, that ran an inspection and then um, cause it famously closed down well, well before time, like right in the heat of its uh, heyday. It did. And I, I, I believe that his, um, his cousin may have been part of that decision-making tree. 
Wow. I'm picturing the guy from Ghostbusters who shut down their facility. Yes. And the, the <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. That's a, we'll it's basically that, that guy. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So we, we can fact guy. check that. I'm sure we'll get some hate mail. I guess it was a fire hazard. If you think about it, it was like a rabbit warren. It was inside a football grandstand that wasn't really purpose built for that type. There was a lot of people in there. But I mean, so was Silver's. I mean, downstairs at Silver's, I don't think there were any fire exits. There was one staircase. Yeah, it was every man for himself if stuff had gone down there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah it was it's, before uh, the world was real. And bear in mind too as well, like I'm sure you can't do this anymore or not anywhere that's not Vegas or Florida anyway, but like you could smoke inside in all those places as well. Yeah, you could. It definitely made your hangover feel worse as well. Like even if you weren't smoking, you smelled like smoke because so many people around you were smoking and your, your, your clothes Got were just right. heavy, heavy with the smoke. The price you pay. Yeah, isn't mm. it? Isn't it just? Mm. No, there's some quality quality uh, memories across those those places. I mean, there are obviously other staples, like there was the Metro, which everybody knows, but no one would admit to, to going to. I, I sort of saw that as a better uh, venue for concerts as opposed to just going there on a, you know, on a Friday night. Uh, should we quickly talk about shitty first cars? Just to paint you a picture for the, <laughs> for the fans who are on the podcast, Dave's like, hey, Sam, can you follow me to a Pierre Collette to drop off my um, Renault? Or what was it? Was it Pugot? Which no, that was, the, that, that was the BMW. BMW. It was a Mazda. It was the BMW. Was the BMW. Was the BMW. Was the BMW. So, so I followed Dave in my, um, in my pretty hot, possibly Commodore at that point. VK and um, we we get to Pierre Collette and Dave doesn't pull in to Pierre Collette. He just pulls to the side of the road opposite Pierre Collette. And I'm like, that's odd. So I pull him behind. <laughs> I pull him behind him and I open the passenger side door and the entire <laughs> foot bay in front of the passenger side seat in the front of the car is just, I reckon, three to four inches deep in <laughs> In steaming radiator, <laughs> radiator fluid. Like I mean, <laughs> like, like, I, mean I couldn't see like, the inside of the car was too steamed up. I had to pull over. <laughs> no, it was it was steaming. It was bright. It was bright green, and it was yeah. deep enough that you could probably <laughs> put a shark in there. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it was. I did not know what to do. I got to say, I panicked. Oh, I don't know what to like, do. I don't know how to deal with that. Well, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, it was very, very hot. Firstly, Andrew, as someone who knows cars, how is it possible for radiator fluid to be in that part of the vehicle? Isn't it going to be closer to the front where the radiator is in front of the engine? Uh, two, two words, driver error. But, but anyway, how, how is it that radiator <laughs> fluid can end up at your feet inside a vehicle? It doesn't seem like it should be possible. But also it could have gone out the other side and come and like burn the shit out of my feet as I was trying to drive the car. Could have happened. <laughs> yeah, that could have happened. But no, that but was not a great seemed... car. I think the, the night, Sam, in question with you and Jane, I actually think I was driving your car. I don't know why, but I think I, I was like chaperoning a bunch of people and we were using your car, maybe because they had superior back seat room. No, we had a, f- a full car of people and we wanted to take them in style, Andrew. We, to, we didn't want them to be, like squashed up like you're in the back of Hugh's bloody Escort, which was the smallest oh. back seats. Uh, so I think it might have been yours. But no, the, the VK was good. Do you remember, Sam, that occasionally in that car when you put your foot on the brakes, instead of the brake lights going, all four indicator corners of the car would just like flash on and off hazard light mm, style? Yeah. There was a, 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 a sort of cross-circuit scenario happening there. Yeah, all, yeah. all party all the time. 
Yeah. So mm-hmm. there was that. What, what do you remember of Boots' cars? Anything notable? Oh, the you and I, I remember once. That, is that a T-ball? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a hard one. We I remember driving along and Boots was like, oh, it's got this new car. And we're like, great, let's go for a drive. So it was like Boots driving, he's powering along on all three cylinders. And uh, there was someone in the front seat and Dave and I were in the back. And we just, with our warning, both lit and started smoking cigarettes in the car, all four windows up. <laughs> just <laughs> Boots pretended that when a serious structural failure happened in the car, he pretended it was supposed to do that. Like, basically, we turned a corner. <laughs> it turned a corner and the car did something akin to a skateboard when you, when you put it on some rails and skid along the coping of a skateboard ramp. Like, hey, Boots, something really weird's happening. We're not supposed to go sideways like that with all four wheels simultaneously. He's like, no, nah, that's supposed to happen. It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Dave, I beg to differ. My, my, my memory is, is that we were in Whitehorse Road, Bourne. We pulled over at the lights and a police car coming the other way signal to wind down the window is like your front right tire is just on rail just on rail no rubber <laughs> yeah. that's what that's, it was uh, yeah that's right that's yeah. right well but you've you've crossbred stories there dave because actually last week Pete Hopkins reminded me of a story about boots whereby he got that car serviced at the uh the california servo opposite xavier and upon leaving one of his wheels did come off and start just rolling down the road the freeway yeah. yeah he was running he was running on three he was running on three and somehow kept the car under control um, and it's not yeah. like a 747 that can run on three engines andrew like the car's not designed the same way no no it's not no it's not dave that boots car as well two two other things once we were drinking in there and we all jammed our bottle tops into the into like the skin of the roof and so because it was hanging down a bit and like when he drove off, whatever, around the corner, and just rained bottle tops on him. I'm going to digitize, Sam. Speaking of digitizing, I found the r- ridiculous and bad edit that I did of the 1998-99 uh, summer video. And that's got a bunch of stuff filmed from inside cars, which is interesting. One of them, I think we were giving shit about the gigantic clock in his VL Commodore. The dashboard yeah. had two dials. And one of them, just for inexplicable reasons, either because you bought the cheap version and didn't have a tachometer or because they just, I don't know, they screwed up and didn't design it properly, was just a clock the same size as the speedometer. So on the lockdown thing, um, do I dare ask how it's going? No. Homeschooling, Andrew? No. Is September 13th, though, is, is a date where things will potentially change right the day day that will live in infamy hopefully for good reason (laughs) yeah yeah i um yeah that's meant to be the day i i don't know i don't know what their metrics are but broadly it seems like it's going to plan in terms of the 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 rates are dropping precipitously but the lag hasn't quite closed on the deaths yet and so the deaths are just like staggering it's just like 10 15 20 25 a day and has been like that for probably like four weeks plus so like you get a bit numb to it, but the numbers are just like, like I said on the one a few weeks ago, and it's still true. Like Victoria has more deaths from this thing than like most of the countries in Europe a day, you know, like it's pretty nuts. It's actually, it's nuts. But uh, with the cases dropping, the deaths will drop soon too, or should anyway, like that lag will, will pick up and hopefully in a few weeks we can, they'll wind it back a bit at minimum, you know, it's not going to go back to normal, but hopefully it's, just a bit less shit, you know, maybe you can 
drive across town. Maybe there's no curfew. Maybe school goes back or whatever, but who knows? Two weeks away feels like six months away a bit anyway, frankly, to me anyway. Anyway, it's, it's trending It's trending in the right direction, but who knows what will be next, you know? Well, fingers, fingers crossed. Um, at the risk of always taking a topic and making it all about me, um, <laughs> how are you finding it? I think we're past the risk stage. I think it's progressed to being an issue, Dave, in uh, project management parlance. Yeah, I know. It's a I think it, it's, it's a problem. Well, I mean, it's, it's a known problem. You know, I've been like this for a long time. You know, this is what I do. Are you, I want to talk about house cleaning. Are you guys finding it hard to keep the house clean with everybody home all of the time or is it no different? Well, we've got, I'll tell you what's having to us. We've got a robo vac that normally does a couple of passes a week when everyone's, you know, either at work or and at school. Nice. And what's what you got? Uh, I got the Roomba. One of nice. The Roombas. Um, and obviously, you know, you can't have that running around. It's pretty annoying when you're trying to get work done and the kids are doing school. So it's not getting, it's not going at all. So, you know, there's a lot of hand vacuuming having, uh, happening, uh, which again, first world problems uh, to not have the robo vac do all the work for you. But um, there is, uh, yeah, there's a noticeable excess amount of dust, you know, particularly like under couches and stuff where, you know, if you're doing a quick whip around with a hand vac, you're probably not bothering to, to get right under there. So yeah, it's, it's definitely dirtier. I'm running, running the dishwasher a shitload more. Yeah, and the, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The yeah, dishwasher. And, yeah. dishwasher. And, the, um, and, and clothes, washing clothes, because the kids are not in, you know, say a school uniform, which they might yeah. be able to wear, you know, a couple of days in a row. They're just, you know, it's a couple of sets of clothes a day doing different shit. So yeah, there's, um, yeah, going through it, going through it. It's a heavy, heavy operation. It's the, the, the robo vacuum is an interesting example of something that you'd think is a gimmick that doesn't work, but it actually does. Like they're super useful. We've got two of them and the, the second generation one is, is smarter. Our Roomba is really old and it's not very clever. It just bounces around. But the, the new one, it scans the room and it knows where it's been and it, it covers things kind of systematically. That's fucking good. And because especially like the average Scandinavian person would rather die than have carpet in their house. So it's all hard floors. And so if it's hard floors, the, the robo vacuum is, is just like a hundred percent good enough. And it's, um, it's, it's a bit of a game changer. It's, it's moved on to robot lawnmowers now over here, basically the same type of product, just like ruggedized and 20% larger. And people are just getting rid of their lawnmowers because these things, they mulch it, right? They don't have a catcher. They just mulch the grass. If you run it frequently enough, then it's okay to do it that way. It's very good. It turns out, so I've been, I've been doing some house cleaning myself because I do some anyway. And right now I've got more time. So I'm cleaning the house. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to like do a better and better job and like optimize it. And one thing I've learned is when you like, if you're in a bathroom, you're cleaning a bathroom floor. It turns out the secret to doing that and making it look good is to have a squeegee like you would use on what if you're cleaning some windows and to squeegee the tiles after you're done. And it turns out that everyone else in the, the Nordics does that always to the point where if you go to a public change room facility, there's these massive squeegees and people will squeegee the floors of the public showers after they shower. You'll go to a public pool, possibly with your child who's about to go swim with you. And there will be a man who's just finished the shower and is naked and he's squeegeeing the floor just with his dick and balls out, trying to do a good job of the squeegeeing to make sure the floor is in good order for the next people. Is that normal or is that abnormal? 
the squeegeeing the squeegeeing part is the thing you've but then you've now you've drilled in on the nudity at a public pool which is the thing you think is strange the squeegee or it's the, the, it's man the combination naked? it's that it's the naked squeegeeing i mean the squeegee actually just makes sense and and it's something that i now think is good but it's it's sort of a helpful i guess to have that in a public pool but people are taking it too seriously and they're doing it like they're doing like a long session of squeegeeing with no clothes on while there's other people just in there. Isn't that odd? So the, the Australian way around that, first of all, there's nudity at public pools everywhere. So there's no escaping that child or otherwise. If you go into the men's locker room in a fucking public pool, you're going to see some old guys with cocks out. There's, that's, that's a given. But the squeegee thing is seems seems specific to the region. And the way we, I think, take care of that is, just the general rule is just put your thongs on when you get in the fucking public shower and you're, yeah. you're wearing a pair of fucking protectors right there. You don't have to worry about any squeegees. Yeah, that would, that would be better, but there's a rule of indoor shoes and outdoor shoes. So no shoe that is being used outside would be allowed into that situation. It's a bit Once like again, Japan. It's, style. Nord, it's Nordic. Yeah. That, that's not a thing here. Um, what I was going to say, Dave, is um, it reminded me, I meant to tell you that uh, back on uh, one of the very early topics we covered in the pod, it was about remote control cars, I think. Yes, you, the Super um, Shot, the Tamiya. The, yeah, the Tamiya. Yep, yep. And I was talking about my uh, Tamiya Thrasher that I had for and like probably 20 years. Anyway, that was the young bloke's birthday last weekend and I bought him a new car because we, we busted my, my Tamiya, uh, broke the engine out, which is probably because they were plastic and brittle. So we did one jump and the thing just fell apart, <laughs> uh, which was not unexpected. But I ordered one online and uh, I'm like, I'll get one that's got some longevity. You can upgrade it over time. You can grow into it. So I bought one that had like a, a, like a beginner's mode. You could set the speed controller oh. to be you know a bit more tame. I'm like, oh, that's that'll be good because you can start on that, and once he gets the hang of it, move up. Um, what I what I didn't read further into was what those numbers looked like and what the beginner's mode versus the extreme on your know, normal mode would be. You know, and I fucked up pretty bad. I fucked up pretty bad. This thing is even on beginner mode is is undrivable for me, <laughs> let alone him. <laughs> So it's like it on on full extreme mode, it'll do like a hundred clicks, and then uh, and then on on like the beginner's mode, it's it'll it goes down to like sixty k's an hour, and I'm like, that's still not enough. Like, we, I built it. I also built a jump, like you know, during the week, you know, use some you know, lumber and stuff lying around to build a, a jump. So it's about a foot and a half jump, you know, and it's got a decent run up. And you give this thing about three meters of runway and it's, and it's jumping the entire length of our grassed area, which is probably eight meters, <laughs> um, which it's so it's an uncontrollable beast. And it was like, what the fuck is he going to, what is he going to do with this? He can't fucking drive this thing. Like it is, it is impossible. You're like, I can't deny mode. that. Like I haven't even, we, we've taken it to the park a couple of times. I haven't even put it on the full mode yet. Cause I'm like, this thing is like, it's, it's, it's a handful. It is a handful. That's it for the Dick and Ham Show. We'll be back next week, possibly with the camp, possibly with the ranch. Uh, write to us at dickandhamshow at gmail.com or you can visit us on Facebook or on Twitter or TikTok. We're not on TikTok. That's not a thing. Mm-hmm.